Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter. Konnichiwa, and you are very welcome to the Left Wing Daily, independent.ie's rugby podcast. I'm Keen Tracy, and we've got another very busy show for you coming up today. We're going to hear the thoughts of Andy Farrell on the fitness of the Ireland squad. As always, I'm joined by Rory O'Connor. Rory, as has been the case since we touched down in Japan, there is never a dull moment at this World Cup, and we've got a lot to get through again today, don't we? Yeah, so we're in uh, Yokohama now. We're in the team hotel. We're hiding in a corner of the lobby in case any of them walk by and start listening to what we have to say about them. Uh, on the move today, we uh, got a bit of time in Tokyo yesterday, and it's uh, it's been breathless. It's been fairly relentless stuff. Uh, never a dull moment. Um, we were, I was at dinner last night, and, and thankfully it was one of my one of my English colleagues was interrupted with a text about Rob Howley, and he went quiet and had to disappear. It seems like every night we lose someone to a bit of breaking news. Um, like that's a mad story. South Africa have named their team, and then here in Ireland, it's uh, it's just as just as busy as ever with. Uh, we had a double session of press conferences today. It was very, very busy and, uh, you know, lots of injury news to get there. Yeah, I guess we, so we've moved out of Chiba. I'm probably glad to see the back of it. I reckon the players probably will as well. It wasn't as bad as some people made out, but there wasn't a lot going on. Yokohama already has a, a much different feel to it, doesn't it? But we both got a, a day out in Tokyo yesterday, which was pretty cool. Um, for I'm not, not sure what it felt for, for you, but for me, it felt like the first day of the World Cup proper in terms of being in Japan. Um, I was at three press conferences, like you, like you mentioned yesterday. I managed to make them all. Some more successful than <laughs> yeah. others. Uh, the All Blacks was great, actually. Um, after we, I know we heard yesterday's episode from the two Ruddock brothers, and after that I went to the All Blacks, and that was great just to see kind of how relaxed they are ahead of what is a massive game against South Africa. But I made my way across the city then, and I went to uh, Japan and geez the room was packed there must have been about 50 journalists in there and you know we've we spoke about it at the first press conference in ireland there was a good few japanese journalists but it was amazing to see how many of them were actually buying into their own team the only problem was when i arrived there was no translator um it was we've already discussed my lack of japanese here on this podcast so my couple of words that i have well i'm actually up to three words now didn't really get me very far in that podcast so while it was a bit of a wasted trip it was it was class to see the the reaction of the locals that you know that this is going to be a big world cup for them um it's pretty cool afterwards we met you and we went to Piss Alley, which is actually the name of the place. I guess for any listeners coming over to Tokyo, you got to put that on your list. It's basically like a back alley of bars and restaurants, isn't it? And you can only fit maybe 10 people in the majority of the restaurants. And the one we were in, you could only order one dish at a time because the grill that they have in front of them can only fit a certain amount of food on it. So that was pretty cool. Actually, you arrived late. You weren't. There was no room at the inn for you. No room at the inn. I was at the uh, World Rugby official tournament launch press conference with the... Uh, 
kind of great and the good of the world's uh, media, uh, rugby media assembled in a very plush hotel. Um, there was a room full of kind of uh, Japanese uh, tourist board people from different parts of the country, and you walked in. I walked in on my own. There was no one else in there, and they all pounced on you. Going, are you coming to this part of the country? Are you coming to that part of the country? Trying to give you information and stuff. Um, they're really excited to see all the different uh, people from all the different parts of the world. Um, you know, where will be put their you know the best foot forward. A couple of local uh, politicians and stuff were there as well, and then were promptly besieged by questions about doping, about. Uh, about the, the CBC takeover, about the the rules, all this, all stuff that they didn't really want to be talking about on their launch. But it was interesting to see the kind of more you know where you get very Irish focus on these things. It was interesting to see, and then yeah, it was nice to see a bit of Tokyo afterwards. Uh, unfortunately, we we got the slow train home, so it was uh, a bit of a long night. But uh, but it's glad, yeah, it's good to be out of Chiba, good to be in Yokohama. It looked far more interesting looking place. I think it's going to be uh, a good place to be, despite the fact that it's absolutely lashing rain and is set to lash rain pretty much the rest of the weekend before we move on though what how was your dinner in tokyo last night oh, it was my lunch yeah no the you know we're all all about <laughs> embracing the local customs you had a you had a bit of ramen with a massive bib on earlier you looked about 10 years old <laughs> and yesterday i, I <laughs> ordered a burger that was promptly given a pair of black latex gloves to eat it with which is a very strange experience proper but american all, psycho stuff all the, yeah all the locals were doing it so that was okay um, but yeah, you mentioned that we're 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 in Yokohama now. The Irish team were were welcomed, I think, with a heart player, and I think Ireland's calling again. It kind of feels like they're more kind of part of it now. I, I saw this morning from from our hotel, we were saying across the road from the team that about fifty of the staff in Chiba kind of waved them off. But th- this feels very different. And we had Andy Farrell. We just spoke to him there. There's there's a lot to talk about again about the the Ireland team and the news we we spoke yesterday about the news about Rob Kearney, um, Keith Earls, and then Robbie Henshaw were obviously all the doubts. Andy Farrell spoke about it. He said all the players were available except for Henshaw. Um, we'll hear now what he had to say and we might have a, a chat about it. Pleased with how things have gone today. Rob and uh, Keith Earls have run well, um, uh, trained well. Uh, Joey's been training well since since Monday back with the team, so um, we're, we're in a good, good spot. There's a few protocols that they, that they need to go to, so um, that's what we need to um, make sure that we do to, as far as the protocols with the, with the medical staff, but um, they are very happy with, uh, with the progress. Do you think, think are all three They're available. They're, they're available. So we've uh, obviously another session to go on Friday, and it's, it's Wednesday, the game's on Sunday, so we're building nicely. How do you have to set up your preparation of the, as you build now to the final days? How would you view it in the last few months? If you take, for example, this week, which is the week that matters, uh, there's certainly uh, a feel of something that's, that's brewing that's of uh, major importance to the squad. Um, the intensity, the uh, the bite that's in training is uh, is uh, very significant, and there's a there's a completely different feel. So uh, I suppose that's a, a cum- accumulation of what's happened over the last couple of months so getting you, to this week. So you sense a squad that's reaching at the right time as coaches. Well, we'll see. We still have to perform, but the build-up, uh, the week, the 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 buy-in, and not just that, the the, the grabbing hold of of the week by not just the senior players, but everyone within the group um, has been very significant.
Yeah, so Rudd, what, what do you make of this? I guess it's, it's important to say our information is that we believe Keith Earls and Rob Kearney won't play a part this weekend. Probably mean that Andrew Conway will start at fullback. We've actually mentioned before that he hasn't gotten probably a lot of time there, but I guess the weather is going to in, in, impact that with Jordan Larmer coming onto the wing. But what do you make of how the RFU are going about this? Yeah, it's I mean, like there is a, a sense of trying to keep the Scots guessing and make sure that Gregor Townsend is focusing his, on his energies as, as broadly as possible. Um, whether they, you know, whether they'll see through it or not, I don't know. But um, yeah, the, the like you know, the, the information is is pretty strong from home that that you know these that the, these players are probably not going to make it, um, and and that that will be the selection. And you know, the, it's it's been pretty solid so far. So we've no reason to, to disbelieve it. The um, I mean, the fact that Rob Kearney and Keith Earls were seen running at the start of training, you can only read so much into that. I mean, didn't even, the video that we saw doesn't even look that clear, you know, clear cut that they were kind of trotting along. They didn't look in great nick. Um, you know, Ireland are trying to put a brave face in it, but you know, I would fully expect them to be selected in six backs from six positions uh, on on Sunday, and it does stretch them a little bit thin. There is a training session between now and the team being named, so obviously you can't be 100% definitive on how it goes, but... Um, I think it's safe to say we're going to see a very inexperienced uh, back three against Scotland, which I think Scotland will see as an opportunity to, uh, you know, they'll they'll go after that a bit. Um, but they're all good players. Conway's been a really, really good player for, for both Leinster and Munster, but most recently for Munster. Um, his his performances have been really strong, and he's a dangerous runner. I think he'll embrace this. Like he, He's the kind of guy who probably feels like he, he should have been here before. You know, this is kind of his stage. He was such a talented player at an underage level. And Larmer the same. I mean, Larmer is kind of a younger version of Conway. You know, Conway was Larmer before there was yeah. Larmer. Uh, he's probably, Conway's become a more constrained, maybe a little bit more conservative player, but he's still exciting. We all remember that try he scored against Toulon in the European Cup uh, quarterfinal um, two seasons ago. So um, it's exciting, but it's also a risk factor for Joe Schmidt. I mean, Andy Farrell also backed those two players to if they're selected to play he did say you know he didn't quite say that two players had trained fully he did yeah, say he that they have markers goals. to hit he wouldn't he wasn't quite pulling the wool over the eyes fully um, they'd love to have Kearney and Earls available but they know it's a long tournament there's another big game next Friday um, they say Henshaw may, may, may be okay for that you know again the word in the street is not probably as positive as that but you know they got to be positive about these things they know they have the information um, and also yeah, there's an opposition to take into account as well yeah it's interesting a couple of days ago or even a couple of weeks ago if you had said that Rob Kearney is going to miss the first game you would have kind of assumed that Jordan Larmer would be the next one in but do you think the weather is going to impact that and that's maybe why we'll see Conway back there and Conway at fullback is something that I've been banging on about a lot even at Munster I think Munster are a better attacking team when, when Conway is at fullback Um it's been interesting that Joe Schmidt hasn't really looked at him there. He's seen him more primarily as a winger, but with these wet conditions, he's a safer pair of hands under high ball, isn't he? It's the one aspect of Jordan Larmer's game that I, I think he's still working on. And if I, th- I think if Scotland saw him at the backfield, they would target him a lot. Yeah, I think he actually played there on this tour two years ago to Japan. I think it might be the last time he started in fullback. He did slip, slip in there um, after Will Addison went off for the last 20 minutes in Cardiff. Um, so... Yeah, it's 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 probably an experience call. It's probably a conditions call. Um, Conway, I think, is listed as winger slash fullback on the website, whereas Larmer is only down as a winger, which is interesting. I know you noted that that Henshaw's also down yeah. as, as both as well, which was uh, maybe a telltale sign because that all that stuff all gets signed off before it goes up there. So, do you um, think if Henshaw was fit, there would have been any chance we could have seen him there? Which 
because we're going to assume that Ring Rose is coming into the team with Bundyaki, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Chris Farrell's the other option. You know, the the, the, the squad is quite tight, but it's looking like Ring Rose. So, yeah, I I can't. I think that the England game probably wrote that off as an experiment. I, I did an interview with Robbie before the World Cup uh, warm-ups kind of began and he, he was fairly kind of, I'm quite happy to move on and be a centre. You know, he, even though he said before it was his, his best position, I think it was a bit of a damaging experience. So, I mean, if he's picked there, he'll play. But I, I, I think, look, he's an option. He would have been clearly an option to go in there. I, I would think Conway, like with the way he played against Wales, the, the form that he looks to be in, the shape that he's in, the speed that he gives you in it, what will be, I know it's wet, but it will be a quick World Cup. And if Scotland kick Lucy to him, he's really dangerous. I'd love to see him and Armour combine and, and run at the... There's a lot of ex- explosive potential there, and yeah. I know we hate the word X-factor, but like really and truly, those two guys kind of sum it up. Well, they can both sidestep, they can both run very, very fast, they're both explosive, you've got Stockdale there we, as we, well. We, as I was just going to say, we haven't even mentioned Stockdale, and we know exactly what he's about, so... All of a sudden, while it has a very d- different look to it, there's a there's a lot of reasons to be excited, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, your your initial reaction, I think, uh, naturally, is to veer towards kind of the risk factors, and there are those. I think, look, they're both neither of them are particularly tall men. They're not, you know, there's not a huge amount of height now in the backfield. Um, Stockdale obviously has that, but um, yeah, there's upside as well. There's going to be definitely a chance that if Ireland get the ball wide to them quickly, and if the weather is you know, it seems to be improving that most of the rain is going to come on Saturday and Sunday could be windy but dry. If that's the case, um, that could really suit that back three. So, you know, they're, they're look, there's no one in this in this 31-man squad who's a bad player. They're all good players. They're all options. I think Farrell was quite clear about that today as well. He was like, you know, if we lose our senior man, we have be- we have really good players to come in and those two players are really exciting players. So, um, yeah, it'd be that that's good. And, like, Scotland will have to prepare for... You know, a different threat if Conway's there because he probably will run the back bo- the ball back with a bit more venom than Carney does. Yeah, and J- Joey Carberry is back fully fit now as well. He he was up for media and chatting that he's he's been running fine. Um, big boost to have him back as well. And I guess even though you're missing three key back three backs, there the, the pack looks fairly settled. Do you think? I mean, we all know what the front row is going to be. You'd imagine we've we chatted a good bit about the second row, Ian Henderson, James Ryan, and then it'll be interesting to see what they do with the with the back row and with again with the weather playing into it. I, for me, I don't think Jack Conan did enough to usurp CJ Sander, and I can kind of see him, Joe Schmidt, maybe reverting back to the 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 old tried and trusted with O'Mahony, Josh, and CJ. Well, you got to take into account as well as a six-day turnaround to Japan. I think mm. we're, we're, we will see two or three changes to the team between now and then. I think if you think about the fact that there's a lot of experience gone out of the back line, a lot of familiar combinations, I think he's going to veer back towards his more familiar combinations. And that would be, I think if you look through the, the selections that he's had, you're looking at, you know, Peter Manny, you know, line out forward, leader, of, you know, vice captain of the team, Van der Fleer, who is, you know, has been the, probably the first choice seven, although there is capacity to get other players into it. He's the only out and out seven in the team and he probably suits Scotland. He's an excellent tackler. He's got real, real pace. You know he'll defend on the outside channels as well as he does anywhere else, um, and he'll cover an awful lot of ground, and he'll he'll put up big numbers, and maybe he will, you know, after putting up those big numbers, step out. And you're right, I don't think Conan, for all that I, I'm a massive fan, and I do think that he is, you know, if he can play his way into it, probably the best number eight in the squad. Todd Stander was very very good in, in his final warm up game, and showed that he that he still has a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. And and maybe all this talk about Jack Conan um, has put a lit a fire under him, and he and you know that performance at Twickenham was very disappointing. So. I think, yeah, with the disruption that's happening in the back row, I think you're going to see the first choice pack, you know, and no experimentation because any any temptation that was going to be there 
it's probably going to have to win though because of the, the lack of a settled combination behind the scrum apart from the halfbacks who are uh, probably the most settled combination in the team yeah, and you mentioned that it was a, a double media session today, which meant that we got to chat to a lot of players and interesting to get your take. I thought there was a quite a good good mood, actually, it has to be said, amongst the players. There's, you know, a lot of the times when we chat to them, they, it's just unbelievably serious. And while 100% there is that element to it, it's not... It, it, it's a good kind of... There's an excitement there, I think, is almost the word, because when I went to the All Blacks yesterday... They couldn't be more laid back, but I think that's the Kiwi nature. But you'd hope now, after having the few days in the wilderness of Chiba, they're back into it now, and they're kind of buzzing, I think, to get going as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they be? They're starting the World Cup in five days' time, and I'm sure there's some disappointment. We, we're talking to so many players now, there will be people who aren't featuring. You know, Normally, we really only talk to players over the course of a week who are going to be involved, but you know, it's just, it's natural that there are a few, only, there's only 31 players here that can, they have to bring in four or five every day. We've nearly, um, we've nearly spoken to them all at yeah, this point. Yeah, apart from Johnny, so funnily yeah. enough, he, he, he always keeps his, his profile low. But no, it's, um, no, it, there is a definitely, I mean, Reese Willock said it, spoke really well yesterday about kind of, you know, the fact that there's a simmering mood in the camp. I thought it was a really good word to use. There is a sense that they're ready to kind of, you know, they built nicely from that England disaster. They, you know, Good performance against Wales. A couple of guys, Dave Kilcoyne looks an unreal. Nick James Ryan just leading from the front. You know those players kind of set the tone. The rest followed against Wales at home and gave a really physical performance. I think we've seen a bit of building. They've obviously worked unbelievably hard to get here. You know sometimes you have to remember that for a lot of them it's the first World Cup. It's a career highlight. So Sunday will be you know one of the great days that they'll that they'll ever have, and they're excited about it. And and, and you wouldn't begrudge it to them. It's a bit of a long week. You know they got here what. Uh, Thursday, Friday last week, they've had a number of days off. That you know, they're probably killing time. I think you know, other World Cups you'll probably ease your way in. This is such a big game. The whole thing comes down to this this Sunday. Really, it sets the tone. So that's a big factor. So yeah, they are excited and and, and rightly so. And I think hopefully that transfers into a performance that's energetic, that's full of life, that's aggressive. Um, that they have that attitude that we saw in that last Wales game because that's when they're at their best. Yeah, I think everyone is just at the stage now, kind of us, the players, that you just kind of want to get get into the, the games now and it's not just limited to Ireland, is it? Because, like you mentioned, the news breaking overnight about overnight here for us about Rob Howley. I mean, it's astonishing really, isn't it? I, I, I certainly can't remember a case like this and obviously, you know, he has to prove his case, prove his innocent, innocent under proven guilty. But it's a crazy story, isn't it? So I guess oh, it would just fill us in from for... From a disruption point of view, you know, he's been sent home, I think he's uh, been accused of breaching Regulation 6, which is the the world will be rules around um, gambling. Um, and really, for all that that case is fascinating in its own right, it's what it does to Wales, who have a really tough pool um, you know, trusted lieutenant Warren Gatland. He's brought him on a number of Lions tours. He's been as the ones that he didn't go on. He coached Wales in between. He's been a stalwart of that setup for years, and now he's he's been sent home at the eve of the World Cup, and they're flying Stephen Jones, who's going to replace him in the next you know underway. It's an interesting Eva. dynamic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And then there's the, I think the Welsh are going on, like because Howdy wouldn't be that popular, and you know Sean O'Brien, Sean O'Brien threw him under the bus him yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, and then the Welsh are getting excited that maybe the, you know, their attacks are going to revolutionise under Jones. But there's no time. He's going exactly. on Thursday. How, how, how will that work? I mean, is Gatlin just going to have to come in and take control? He's going to be a guy with a whistle in, in implementing someone else's plan. I mean, he might have a couple of... He might see things. He might have seen things over the years. He obviously knows the Scarlet's players really well. He's been in there with them. But, I mean, Gatlin's not going to throw out everything he knows that Howdy's been working on. Like, you know, Wales don't have the most exciting attack anyway. So it's, uh, it's just a fascinating dynamic. I mean, the, the, they're... 
preparations for their first game have been thrown into you know all sorts of disarray in terms of like, you know the focus that being switched like the players were being asked about it today they put up their ceo and their coach but as soon as the players were brought in i mean they've been working with this guy for a long time you know players are famously able to compartmentalize but the coaches will be affected by it it's it's a bit of a scandal it's a it's certainly a distraction ahead of the biggest game in their lives wales are really known for their focus at these things yeah and, and wales had a really poor pre-season by their own very high standards obviously coming off the back of such a good six nations and this is obviously the last thing that they needed but it's been an interesting few months for rob howley he was linked with the monster job before stephen larkham got it so and now it, it was in Italy, wasn't it, last week that he was linked with uh, taking on a role, a role there. So what do you think it means for his, for his future career? Well, I mean, look, there's a bit of role, uh, role to run in terms of you know, proving what the allegations, his defence. So I think it's, you know, it, 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 there's a, a lot can play out between now and then. But certainly, I mean, what a thing to have against your name um, as you go looking for other jobs. I mean, it's a well, big black mark, isn't it's it? It's a massive black mark. And it's, it, it's just not a, you know, it's not something that it's definitely going to derail his ambitions you would imagine i mean he's he's out of a job at the end of this this tournament he's obviously looking for more work you know he's got a lot of experience albeit he wouldn't be the highest rated attack coach going you know i think he'd probably be respected within um the coaching world but you know it's gonna be hard for him to come back from this you know albeit he has a chance to, to prove his case um i think from a world cup perspective uh, it's a very interesting story, but it's it's a real fascinating one to watch how the Welsh squad bounces back from this. They're playing Georgia in their first game, then they play Australia in what's going to be one of the real matches of the, of the second round, really. I mean, we're focused on it. The Bucs have named their team. There's big games this weekend, but there's pretty much a big game in every round, and that's going to be one of them. So maybe it won't matter. Maybe the players will just blank it out. Maybe Gatland, you know, Gatland's a famous man manager. Maybe he'll try and turn it into kind of an us-against-the-world kind of scenario. But... Um, it's a huge story. It's it's making a lot of waves all over the world, and it's uh, um, I guess it's one we're going to watch for the for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, I guess just to finish off, we when we started when we came up with this idea to make the daily podcast, I I think we weren't expecting the first week of the Rugby World Cup in Japan to have this many storylines. I mean, it hasn't just been limited to Ireland. We, the South African thing, even yesterday about the doping, there's a lot of questions being asked there. And, there's just so much going on here, isn't it? And everyone is still trying to get over the jet lag and kind of still battling what day of the week it is. And yet, you just don't have a minute to stop and think of what's actually going on. Yeah, it's a 24 hour news cycle because, you know, just as we start going towards our evening and, you know, everyone back home is waking up and starting to read everything and listen to everything and, uh, you know, hearing all the reports from down here. And it's, it's, uh, it's one where we're trying to, you know, figure out ourselves on the run. But it, no, it has. It's been, it's been quite an interesting week before a ball's been kicked. But the ball, like the, that, the rugby is about to start, and it's only going to get more interesting. You know, Japan, Russia on Friday—they've named their team. Looks pretty good. I know they're missing one or two bodies. Um, you know, they'll hope to get off to a really, really strong start and lay down a marker at their home World Cup ahead of their game against Ireland. Then on Saturday, you've got the, uh, you know, you've got Australia, Fiji, which is kind of under the radar. Then you've got Argentina. And France, France yeah. which is going to be Cracker. a whopper game. I mean, that pool is kind of miles away from here. We've kind of missed that. Mm. It's the other side of the draw, but I think we'll, everyone will sit down and watch that. You know, it's on a nice time back at home. And people will get up before they got watch the uh, New Zealand South Africa game, which I think will just set the whole tone. And then we got Ireland and England on Sunday uh, in their opening game. So, you know, once the rugby starts, it becomes more about that. Mm. But right now, it's it's been uh, yeah, it's been hectic. It's been great. Um, and. Uh, 
yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of hurtling towards that opening fixture on Friday night. Yeah, thankfully it's getting very close now. We were a bit later recording the podcast today due to Ireland moving um, from Chiba to Yokohama, but we'll be back again at the normal time tomorrow. Cheers, Kane. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.